Welcome to Sparrow Speaks, the podcast with the latest health news and information from Sparrow, MidMichigan's premier community health care leader. I'm your host, Deborah Howell, and today we'll be learning how to recognize stroke and understand the FAST signs. Our guest is Dr. Anmar Razik, Medical Director of the Sparrow Stroke Center and Neurointerventionalist, as well as Associate Professor of Neurology at Michigan State University. Welcome, Dr. Razik. Thank you for having me. A true pleasure to have you on the podcast. Let's jump right in. What is a Comprehensive Stroke Center? Comprehensive Stroke Center is a designation of a hospital which lets the public know that this is a hospital that is designed as well as equipped with the latest technology to treat all kinds of strokes, including the most complex types of strokes that need surgical treatments. That's easy enough. And why come to Sparrow for a stroke? What makes us stand out? That is the reason, actually. In recent years, there has been a tremendous advance in the way we diagnosed and treated strokes. The most common types of strokes, about 80% of them happen because of a blockage of a blood vessel in the brain. And up until recently, the only tool we had was an intravenous medication that we used to push through the vein, hoping that intravenous medicine will dissolve the clot. It's a clot-busting medicine. But more recently, we learned that we have the ability actually to also do a minimally invasive surgical procedure where we can go through the blood vessels of the leg or the hand and thread a small catheter up to the brain and pull that clot out. And that has been shown to tremendously increase the the chances of a good recovery of a patient. Now, this is a procedure that can only be done by highly qualified, highly trained specialists, can only be done at a hospital that has the ability to diagnose and do these procedures. And that's what a comprehensive stroke center is. And that's what we have here at Sparrow Hospital. Yeah, so don't go to urgent care. Go to a specialist. Definitely not an urgent care. And actually, as a matter of fact, sometimes, you know, we still say if you have a sign or a symptom of a stroke, go to the closest ER. But I know that there are now efforts and uh, conversations to try and give direction to EMS agencies to know which hospital is equipped to treat any kind of stroke as opposed to going to an ER of a hospital that may or may not be able to, A, diagnose it, B, even, you know, give the intravenous thrombolytic, let alone do the surgery. So, yes. Sure, you want the best possible care and quickly. Let's get specific. What exactly is a stroke? Most common type of a stroke happens when there is a sudden interruption of blood flow to the brain, and that's about 80% of them. You know, there's about a 20% type of a stroke where the, the blood flow is interrupted because of a rupture of a blood vessel. It's a bleeding type of a stroke. So talking about the 80%, the most common type of stroke is when there is a blood clot that goes up to a blood vessel in the brain and, and blocks the blood flow. What that does to the brain is, is there's a sudden failure of a brain function, and depending on where in the brain that blood vessel is, you start exhibiting signs and symptoms of a stroke, whether by way of a weakness on one side or the other. So we always talk about a facial weakness or an arm weakness. You may lose the ability to speak. You may lose the ability to understand. You may have a vision problem. You may have a balance problem. Strokes can have a variety of symptoms because of the different areas of the brain that control different functions of the body. Sure. Now, you already described some of these, but let's give all the signs and symptoms of stroke. Right. So the most common presentation of a stroke make up the word fast. And that's because, again, most commonly when a patient or a victim is suffering from a stroke, they may exhibit face weakness. So that's F in the word fast. And arm weakness, so that's the, the A in the, in the fast. 
And then a speech problem. A speech problem can be a language problem or can be a pronunciation problem, but both of them form part of the speech. The T at the end of FAST just emphasizes the need to call 911 immediately because time is brain. When there's a uh, interruption of blood flow to the brain, brain cells start dying within seconds. And so it's really and truly a race against the clock to try and get the patient the treatment that they need. Is there anything else you should do besides call 911 when you think someone might be having a stroke? There's definitely nothing you should do. There's something you should never do, which is wait for your symptoms to resolve on their own. That is something we always try and educate the public on because they may wake up with a weak arm or a problem with speech and they may think, okay, let me just wait a little bit and see if this passes. That is the last thing you ever want to do. The only thing you do absolutely need to do is obviously call 911, but be safe if you're in a car, if you're in a high-risk environment. Obviously, you want to make sure that your safety and the safety of others is important, but call 911 and you know present to the nearest emergency hospital that can treat your stroke. And doctor, I've always wondered, what's the difference between a stroke and TIA? The simplest differentiating character is that a TIA is a stroke that would resolve and go away, whereas a stroke is a damage in the brain that may linger on in terms of having symptoms that last, by definition, longer than a day. So if you're having symptoms that lasted less than 24 hours, we call that transient. And it was ischemic because that's the nature of a stroke. It's because of interruption of blood flow. So in other words, ischemia. So that's where the word TIA comes from. It is basically a stroke, but with with symptoms that lasted less than 24 hours. If the symptoms last more than 24 hours, we tend to call it a stroke. Now, more recently, we started having MRIs done for everyone. And so we're moving away from diagnosing TIAs or strokes based on a timeline. We now try and diagnose them based on what the images are showing. But the important thing to understand is both TIAs and strokes are the same disease. They have the same risk factors. They need the same workup and they need the same treatment for prevention. The only thing that differentiates them is how long did the symptoms last or what did the MRI show. And in the hands of a stroke neurologist or an expert, they should be able to easily tell the difference, but it shouldn't at the end of the day make a difference for the patient in terms of how to be managed, what they need to do for prevention. Interesting. I was having lunch with my father a few years ago. He was 87 years old at the time, and he just stopped talking in the middle of a sentence and put down his fork and just kind of stared. And then about, I would say, a minute to a minute and a half later, he kind of blinked his eyes and then kind of came back to me. And I said, Dad, what's going on? He goes, I just had a TIA. Right. And that's exactly a classic description of a TIA. It was transient. It likely was an ischemic in nature. And it was an attack. You know, it was a sudden onset of something that almost attacked the brain. And so that's where the TIA comes from. Definitely, absolutely, your dad needed to have some workup done to check his blood vessels, check his heart, make sure that we're not dealing with anything else. Seizures can sometimes present that way. And so we always want to rule out that as a possibility. But the main concern when something like that happens, even though you may be thinking this isn't a TIA or my dad should never have a TIA or a stroke, he's very healthy. That may be true, but that is the thing that you want to rule out first. That is the thing that you want to focus on at that moment in time and call 911. Don't wait. Don't write it off. I have a final question for you, doctor. Does having one stroke always lead to more strokes or can it be an isolated incident? We know from statistics that having had a stroke will always put you at risk of another stroke. Now, depending on the cause of your original stroke, the risk of a subsequent one can be stratified. 
if it's a stroke from a heart-related issue like atrial fibrillation, then we know exactly what your risk of a subsequent stroke is with or without or with and without treatment. If it was because of blockage of the blood vessels in the neck, then depending on the treatment was rendered, whether surgery or a stent, then we also can stratify it. But yes, for the most part, having a stroke puts the patient at a higher risk of another stroke because one way or another, they have had a risk factor that predisposed them to have a stroke that will put them at risk of another. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule. And so if, you know, you were a young person who had a stroke because of a traumatic event that injured a blood vessel, that causing, which in turn caused a stroke, then you can argue that the risk of another stroke, barring any subsequent trauma or developing a conventional risk factor for stroke down the road when they get older, they shouldn't really be at a higher risk of another stroke. So in that sense, you can argue that it could be an isolated incident, but we never treat them as an isolated incident. We always try and institute some prevention strategy to prevent more strokes from happening. And that's usually by way of controlling the risk factors. Sure. Well, Dr. Razak, we so appreciate your time with us today. It was fascinating. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me again. And to learn more about signs of stroke in the Sparrow Comprehensive Stroke Center, please visit sparrow.org slash stroke center. And be sure to subscribe to Sparrow Speaks in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts for our additional healthcare topics. I'm your host, Deborah Howe. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a terrific day.